the Brothers in Kayfabe. For over two seasons, the revolutionary force in brotherly kayfabe entertainment. And now, Pro Wrestling and Being a Good Brother present the Brothers in Kayfabe. From the center scar on Abdullah the Butcher's forehead, this is the Brothers in Kayfabe podcast. I am one of your aforementioned brothers in Kayfabe, El Gigante, Jake Keel, and to my left in the Zoom studio is... Mr. Rasslin, Lane and Bumgarner, Professor Rasslin, formerly, still kind of actively. I don't know. Times are changing here, all the brothers in kayfabe. Jake, yes, we're 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 making changes. We are. That's what I was going to ask you. How, how how do you feel about our changes? We'll get into it a little bit, but how do you feel about change in general? Well, you know, as Bob Dylan wrote, the times they are changing. And, well, you know, in all lifetime changes, or else we would be stagnant and nothing would change. And how boring would that be? It would be incredibly boring. But you know what's not boring all the time? Professional wrestling. Because there are so many options. You know, if there wasn't changes happening in the world then it would be as boring as watching a Mongo McMichael match. Hey, I don't know. When he goes for his like springboard moonsault and he botches it, so he jumps back up and then he falls back down and jumps back up and then falls back down. I get excited for that. It would be it would it would hurt me as much as Cora Jade's uh Vans, skate shoes, high top skate shoes. She just jumped from up top of the cage. I'm really digging this women's. I'm watching War Games 2021 for those at home. Uh, And uh, the women's War Games match is on. Um, It's not as good as uh, years past. And I, I think it's just because there's a lot more green in the ring. Um, you know, this is kind of being, uh, carried by, uh, Io Shirai and, uh, Dakota Kai and those, those types, but Hey, I'm loving it. I'm loving, uh, I'm loving the look of NXT 2.0, you know? So that's, that's a great thing. Uh, Landon, what are you watching it right now? So I am watching ECW unreleased volume one. And as I am opening up, for those of you who are part of the Patreon, see the video version, as I'm opening it up, the DVD, Shane Douglas versus Two Cold Scorpio for the NWA World Heavyweight title just wrapped up, and Shane Douglas is on the mic. And folks, he just threw 
the NWA Championship to the ground. I loved the, uh, I loved, um, and we'll get, well, I'll save it here in a second. We'll talk about it here in a second. That it just reminds me of something that happened this weekend, but in our new format. We, we mentioned that times, they are changing, and uh, so does the Brothers in Kayfabe podcast. Um, we are going to launch tonight a f- new format. We're going to try to stick closer to a format. Um, me and Landon both like free-form conversation, but, you know, sometimes we don't even talk about what we meant to talk about that day. It's very true. So this is going to keep us... Uh, where we're supposed to be. This is an interesting moment. So they're talking, they're, they're playing up the Cora Jade, like knocked her shoulder out of socket. Mm-hmm. And where so, are those shoes? Yeah. Cause she jumped from a f- top of the cage. Io Shirai just put her foot on her, on uh Cora Jade's belly and pulled on her arm until she popped the shoulder back in. Is what it what they're playing. That was just interesting. Like just interesting. Um, interesting. I I don't hate it. I don't, I don't think I've it. ever seen that spot before. No, it, it's interesting. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, now you got a uh, uh, who was is it Raquel Rod Martinez Raquel. The one that was just a champion not yeah. too long ago and lost to Mandy Rose. Yeah. It's Ra- Raquel Martinez or Gar- Gonzalez. I think it's Gonzalez. Rodriguez. Guerrero. I know she I know she calls herself Big Mommy Cool. Yeah. Which uh, I, I hey, that's cool. Like it's cool, cool nickname. But uh anyway, we we've got a new format and we're already off the rails. I'm gonna try to get back on the rails right now. We have a new format, and uh, we're debuting it tonight. And uh, bear with us for the first couple weeks of the new format, because I have it in my notes right now uh, on my phone. That way we can keep track of our uh, format. And uh, so we're going to start that off. We're going to have at least five uh, um, segments during, during the show. And uh, we're going to start every week off with the news. And uh, what we're going to do with that is just kind of what's happening that week. What what crazy stuff happened over the weekend that we need to talk about? Um, <laughs> Raquel just put Dakota Kai in one of the metal trash cans and is getting ready to throw her around. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, she's doing the Cesaro swing, but with Dakota Kai in a trash can. That that that's a spot I've never seen before. I will um, say I did see an interesting take on Twitter about how for some reason the war games matches are very trash can and kendo stick heavy. But also WWE for the last 10 years has been very kendo stick heavy. Why why is it that it's always kind of been a thing? Why is it that when war games comes out they bring the trash cans out? I don't know. Like, I love a good trash can spot. I do too, but Dude, it's just like coast to coast, Van Terminator. It's, it's an underrated weapon in wrestling. That could be a segment, like underrated things in pro wrestling, things that 
like get big pops, but don't get used often and are kind of forgotten about. Um, we could do that. That would be that would be a good little topic one one episode. But um, but anyway, we're gonna start off with the news. What's interesting happening that week, and then um, we'll we'll kind of alternate between having a interview and a topic of the week. Um, this week we were supposed to have a guest on, but you know, things it's, it's the holiday season. It's going to be tough to keep schedules going. So we're going to, we're, we're, you know, going to skip the, the interview this week. Um, and we will say just on that note, there might be some, some extra special things coming your way. Christmas Eve, Christmas day. We love it. We love it. We want to give you a gift. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, we, we're going to debut a new segment called the wrestler of the week. And that is where we're going to break down one pro wrestler each week. And it might not be, it might be someone who did something great that week. And we just want to talk about them in retrospective form or just someone that we want to talk about. We'll get to the wrestler of the week later today. We will. Um, and then we're going to talk about our matches of the week. The the things we liked, what we suggest everyone watch, what we suggest that each other watch. Um, and all of that and then we'll go to the we'll we'll go to the finish, brother. And uh you know, Landon, I'm very very excited to start with a new uh topic or new uh segment-based show and kind of get more structure to our show. I am too. Uh, I think we've said it many times on here and we'll continue to say it. We don't do this podcast just for us. Um, we realize there are people who listen to it. We know that because we track it. Um, that number of people who listen to it. And we we constantly want to do what we can to improve. Thank you to our two fans. Yes. Thank you. Give thank yourself you. a... At, if you're at home, give yourself a couple of these. A little Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Because remember, we do, remember uh, in like elementary school where we would go, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. yeah. Give you one of those. There you go. But seriously, we, we do want to do our very best because we recognize that asking you to listen to a podcast, especially as lengthy as ours can be at time, like that's. For you to listen to our show requires you to give us a section of your week to carve out time for us. And so we want to be respectful of that. We want to be good stewards of that. And we don't want you to be like, man, that was a waste of my time. And this is just a natural step we think is is good. Jake, I'm going to put you on the spot right here. Do you think you Before could Before we get us- into it, I just want to say I appreciate all of you that spend a moment of your week with us. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. Okay. Can I what? Can you whip us up a graphic with our new segments in it, our new format? I definitely can. Something a little spicy. So if you're listening to this right now, hopefully it has been posted alongside the link to this episode. Um, I will 
probably have that up tomorrow. So Landon has put me genuinely on the spot. We decided on, uh, we decided uh, on doing this earlier today and I literally came home from work and um, had some other designing stuff that I needed to do today. But uh, yeah, we'll, we're, we'll, we'll get that going. And don't worry. I mean, by now, you might have already heard some of it. I don't know. Are we considering, are we officially in the news or should we actually cut to the news? I think now it's time for the news. And the news is brought to you by the Payne Insurance Agency. Call the Payne Insurance Agency for a competitive auto and home insurance quote. And that's a 405 286 3600. We'll get something a little bit more fancy for our first sponsor. Yeah. But um but, but yeah, hey we'll, that's that's a real number. If you didn't if you didn't hear it, rewind, grab something, write that number down and now Landon, you have a you have a um policy with the pain insurance agency, don't you? I do. I have I have one. The plan is to get another one knocked out as well. But folks, I'm I'm just gonna be real with you. My wife and I, we had a scary incident where our apartment started to flood. And it continued to flood for a week and we were displaced from our home. Um and it scared me. And so I reached out to a good brother at the Payne Insurance Company. And he took care of me. He gave me a brother deal. He gave me a very fair, very competitive rate. And now I'm covered. Yes, you are. Um, so I'm just saying, I mean, natural disasters. What if earthquake shows up at my house? What if typhoon shows up at my house? What if tugboat shows up at my house? I'm this covered. Is, this is a shoot, brother. Somebody pulled an Arn Anderson and put two bullet holes in my wife's vehicle. And luckily, we were covered by the Payne Insurance Agency and was able to get a new window on that car super quick. So Payne Insurance Agency with Farmers and MetLife, hit them up for your insurance quote. Landon, we are now officially in the Brothers and Kayfabe newscast section of the pod and uh where should we start out today there's well, a lot of there's a lot that happened this weekend there is i think we need to talk about it because we teased it a little bit in our intro but war games just happened now some people have very mixed feelings on war games because there's the nwa wcw purist who feel like modern versions of war games are watered down. And I think you could, or I would say it's the same way in that steel cages and hell in a cells are watered down nowadays. But regardless, that's a big show. That's a special event. It's, it's something that only happens once a year. So I think it's only fitting that we talk about it when it happens. War games. And you're watching yeah. War Games right now. 
I am watching War Games right now. It's it's one of the pay-per-views that I try not to miss every year, and I didn't get a chance to do it last night. We're helping my grandfather put up uh, uh, Christmas decorations. Um, But uh, the women's match just finished, and surprisingly, they gave Cora Jade the win. She won it for the fi- for the baby faces, and, uh, and that's with she, a dislocated shoulder that was relocated. That was relocated in the match by Io Shirai. But um, the interesting part is she won. I didn't quite see the whole finish. I think she pinned Mandy Rose. Which is very interesting. They're going to play the replay. That's a big move, if so. Yeah, uh, you know, she's kind of like the big heel in NXT, and she's the champion. Cora Jade kicked out from Mandy, and now I think they're getting ready to show the the actual finish. Um, But yeah, like, it's... There were mixed, mixed feelings about this whole show. Okay, so no, she didn't... She didn't uh, uh, pin Mandy. She pinned uh, not Gigi, but the other one that's in um, uh, Toxic Attraction. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of those pay-per-views that I don't like to miss because it, it's an iconic match, and it was something that wasn't done for a long time. Like, they didn't do war games for a long time. Yeah. I think it's also... I think it's a very changing of the the guard show. I think so too. I think it's uh, you know they're finally kind of um showcasing their new talent, um their new development talent and it's just you know I know a lot of people love the old NXT. I loved old NXT. But you know what? I'm I'm starting to feel 2.0. I'm I don't like that they call it NXT 2.0, but I really I love the logo. I love the color, uh, you know, that they've injected into all of this. It's it, it's a uh, okay, this is a a promo package. I was like, why are they doing a commercial for Tiffany's right now? Um <laughs> But uh, I like I like the youthful injection that they've put into this brand. Yeah, and it's it's fresh. And to be fair, uh, there's been a lot of guys that we've loved go through NXT. But. Oh, when's the last star that they made in NXT? Yeah, I mean, literally everyone who's come from NXT to the main roster is an independent talent that was established elsewhere. Right. I mean, Braun Strowman? Yeah. Uh, maybe Baron Corbin? I mean, I would say the biggest mega talent that's come from there is Roman. Mm-hmm. Roman and Seth, but that's a long time ago. Yeah. And Seth was a star before he came to WWE. He wasn't, you know, that level yet. But 
you know, there was there but was he Seth was and he wasn't was a rookie having his first match. Now, I will say this, Jake, because this does have a lot to do with NXT. Did you hear about WWE's announcement for NIL? Yes, I did. That I I never thought about something like that uh, branching into WWE. But kudos to their marketing team for getting on top of that. Yeah, I think I mean, I think it's a no brainer, especially to have fresh picks at a talent pool like that. Right. Because I think a lot of people, especially so if you don't know what NIL is, it is WWE next in line. And it's essentially a program like a pipeline program for collegiate athletes to go to WWE. Yeah. To get a career there to whereas I think there's been a couple of collegiate athletes that have been recruited directly by WWE. But then I think there's also been a lot that they were like, well, okay, I've been a collegiate athlete. I need to become a pro athlete. Right. Before I can go to a WWE tryout or or get a look. I and I mean, if you think about it. I mean, the NFL has combines, right? Right. Like every every major sport has the pools set up to where, okay, like if you want to go to the next level, this is the way you go into the next level. And so now WWE has a more, I guess you could say a more official way of doing that. Right. For those that don't know, the NILs are the collegiate, like, um, way of getting endorsement deals and, you know, making money off their own image. And I think it's a no brainer to get WWE endorsed athletes in college. And, you know, you have guys like Braun Breaker who were football players that are now professional uh, wrestlers. And it just makes sense. Get them, get them in while they're in college. Mm-hmm. Kind of get them into that atmosphere. You know, you could have them appear at shows, and then it's a no-brainer when they're done with college, right into the performance center. They've already got a contract in place. Uh, yeah. You know, it only makes sense. It, it's. I think the most recent example that would. I mean, it's. Not the same, but as close to the same would be like Gable Stevenson. Right. To where, okay, like he's signed to a WWE deal, but he's not currently in WWE. SummerSlam was his first appearance, but it's a big deal. Like WWE is already investing a lot into him and his, his image and his stock is obviously going up into that. And so well, they, I, th- I think it's genius that they're finally doing this. Well, and like, if if rumors are to be true, you know, there's Gable Stevenson's going to debut at Mania. Um, it's what the rumor's been. Which I mean, ha- have you seen him wrestle uh, am- as an amateur athlete? Mm-hmm. That dude can be the next Brock Lesnar. He could be the next Kurt Angle. Maybe both of them combined. And that guy, you know, 
they give him the time to develop and and translate that into the squared circle, they've got something special there with with Gable Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And he's got something that Brock and Kurt didn't have right off the bat, and that's charisma. I mean, right. he's already got a personality. He's got that presence. And I think part of that is he's been a WWE fan his whole life. He checks off a lot of boxes. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this nicely. I think if you look at somebody like that versus maybe somebody who they went to wrestling school and they've been busting their butt on the indies for a couple of years. I mean, it's hard not to choose him over uh, another person trying to carve out their name because it's like, hey, like he's got the athletic ability. He's got the like the physical attributes we want. Right. He knows our product specifically like he didn't say like, hey, AEW, hey, you know, impact. Hey, New Japan. He was like, hey. WWE, when I win the gold medal at the Olympics, I want to meet with at Vince McMahon. Right. And it's like, hey, this is like, this is a team, like, this is what people from Tough Enough should have been. Right. I I think it's just back to the, you know, to the beginning of it all. I think having the NIL brand established, they're going to create some young charismatic superstars that will just be ready to go once, uh, once the, once their name is called. Yeah. Um, you know, and which it makes, can only help. Go ahead. I was going to say, which makes, you know, depending on how they do that, and how their integration to NXT and WWE is going to look. I mean, I it just the idea of that makes the Raw after WrestleMania a lot more exciting mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, um, so here's a top college athlete. And maybe he's been working with NIL to build his brand, get that endorsement, get that star power. But he hasn't like directly ever said anything about like doing WWE. It's the night after WrestleMania. And now this dude is in the crowd and he's hopping the guardrail. Right. Um, it's a great, it's a great thing that they need that. I, I think AEW needs to jump on the same train. Hmm. Um, it, I, I don't, it would be so smart to, I don't think this is the type of train that you need to get on before it's gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before you've lost your opportunity to jump on that train, because it's, it's going to be the future of professional athletes and for professional sports. And like I've said, it just makes perfect sense to jump on that train early. Think about it this way. Imagine if this was 05, 06, that this was a thing. And 
there's a little man, a, a, a little athlete at the University of Oklahoma named Jake Hager. Who's now, you know, world champion a couple times over and, uh, you know, now with the AEW. It would have been the perfect opportunity for him to go ahead and start making appearances while he was daring doing his undefeated streak at Oklahoma. Mm hmm. Like, like he used that momentum to everybody's advantage. It helps him and it helps you. Mm hmm. And Vince is smart for jumping on this train. I, I give him I don't give Vince a lot of props anymore. I give him props on this. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's genius. And like you're guaranteed to get people like through this program, you're get, guaranteed to get people that they're going to have a fan base. Because college sports are huge. Yeah. Like all, all of them are huge, whether it's nationally or if it's just within that state and a lot of the i mean the whole argument of should college athletes be paid and all this kind of stuff and it's like well now that door is not only kicked wide open but it's not just a benefit for right now it's a benefit for down the road as well and i think that's the biggest thing for it let me put it this way I am a former college athlete. I played football. I played it at the NAIA level, but I played football and I was on a full ride scholarship. I still, I, I spent at least five hours a day, either in the gym or at practice. Okay. Then I had at least three classes a day. I did not have any money. I was a broke college kid. I had to go home right after practice ended at five o'clock. I would change. I would grab a sandwich and I would go work at UPS at night just so that I had a little spending money to make it by at, at school. Now, my parents obviously helped a little bit, but these kids still need money. And this is a perfect opportunity uh, to to get local branding even from a player. And these kids make at least a few bucks to get by. Not everybody's going to be like, you know, Spencer Rattler, who supposedly made $3 million in his first semester under an NIL deal. But like, I know a guy... They're perfect example, Kansas uh, football beat Texas football a couple weeks ago on the final play of the game, and the kid that, that scored the winning touchdown was a walk-on player. And this isn't the tangent that I thought I'd get on tonight. I'm just going <laughs> to say that out, say that now. But he, by doing so, landed an NIL deal with Applebee's hmm. because they have a two-for-20 deal. And it was a two-point conversion that won them the game. He's on commercials for Applebee's saying, always go for two. He didn't make a lot of money off of it. But the kid doesn't have to work a, a job after he gets off football at night. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's it's perfect for these kids. But let's let's move on to some more wrestling. Um, I'm watching the match right now, and I can't wait till the end. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner versus Imperium. The thing that kind of shocked everybody last that night. Oh, let's talk about that. Kyle O'Reilly, for those at home, I just put up the Undisputed Era uh, hand signals. After the match, he shoots shoots him up in the air. All of Undisputed Era, the originals. Uh, you know, Roddy's still with with WWE. I don't I don't know if Roddy will leave WWE. He he might be in a very similar Shinsuke role. We'll see. He's here to yeah. collect. He's not as young as people think. He's happy. He's making good money. Um, you know. Now on the subject of Kyle O'Reilly, I will say. So Von Wagner turns on Kyle O'Reilly or tries to. Okay. But did it did I spoil that for you? Have you made it? I didn't that know that, but it doesn't matter. Like yeah, well, I'm I know sorry. I know that they're facing each other Tuesday. So, so I yeah. figured something happens. Yeah. Kyle's for those of you who haven't watched, spoiler. Now. Nope. Von Wagner yeah. attempts to turn on Kyle O'Reilly. And Kyle O'Reilly stops him and takes him out. And I think this is the first time that we've seen a failed turn. Okay. And what what I mean by that is, like, obviously he's a heel because he tried to turn, like, he tried to right. attack his partner. But this is the first time a baby face in the history of wrestling has been competent enough to be like, to oh, he's attacking me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop this instead of. Like being shocked that, like, oh my god, like he's stabbing in the back. And now, oh my god, <laughs> it makes sense given their relationship. They're probably not the best and closest of friends, so it's probably like to Kyle, he's probably like, oh, no one, like he's gonna try and make a name for himself at my expense. No, nope. well, that's kind of the whole story they've told is that like they're kind of like the odd couple, you know. But he throws up the UE at the end of the match. It just so happens that Bobby Fish and Adam Cole have been tagging together. His contract is up. It's up this week from what I've seen. Him and Gargano, which we'll get to that here in a minute. I, I really think that, you know, in my perfect world, this is what I hope happens. He wrestles Tuesday night against Von Wagner. And shows up Wednesday night on Dynamite. That's my perfect world. They're already teasing it. They know it's going to happen. I don't think they would be putting Bobby Fish and Adam Cole together if they knew they weren't going to get Kyle O'Reilly in the in the mix. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Here, here's an interesting take on those on Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano but also everyone who's currently signed to NXT. Obviously, there's been a ton of house cleaning, but with Bruce and Vince being allegedly more hands-on with NXT, yeah, you got to wonder 
okay, like Vince has to be encountering the talent that's in NXT right now in some way, shape, or form. And so it makes me wonder, are there guys that maybe he didn't have an opinion on or he had a negative opinion on that has since changed now that he's like producing NXT? Yeah. And on the flip side, are there people to where he's like, yeah, it doesn't fit my vision. Let, let's get him out of the way. And I think Kyle O'Reilly is easily one that it's like, yeah, like we can let him go. Right. But I think Gargano, this is, we can go ahead and talk about it if you want. I think Gargano might be one. Vince, I could see Vince sending him to the main roster as his own. I don't think you're going to see Gargano you know, boyhood dream, become world champion, all these things. But I think right. you see him in a very similar role as like Austin Theory or like Angel Garza and all those kind of people to where it's like they're, I think you could easily see Gargano on Raw or SmackDown every single week. Yeah. Because I think you know, Vince may not see him as like, hey, you know, he needs to be in the main event with Roman, but I think almost similar to like a Sami Zayn kind of role. But on the same token, from what I've heard, he's got a similar thought to the main roster as uh, as um, Ciampa. As like, you send me to the main roster, I'm I'm done here. And Gargano, I I wish I had the exact tweet in front of me, but I feel like there was definitely a time where Gargano was like, hey, like I, my entire WWE career is going to be in NXT. I feel like that was a thing. And so I maybe it is something. Maybe this is a big swerve where he's like, I got something to say. It's that I'm never leaving NXT, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they've definitely played it up, you know, that it is his last uh, moment in WWE, you know, and the whole tribute to Johnny Takeover. He had his gear that had a piece of every gear he's worn at Takeover, which if he does leave, I'm mad because we'll never have a chance to get that in figure form. But it um, makes me wonder. I mean, surely this can't be. His, I mean, there's no way I don't think that that could be like Gargano's last WWE match and they would let him like they would acknowledge it and do it like this. Does that make sense? Maybe it's a favor from Triple H. It, I guess. I mean, that that's the only maybe, way I could think about or maybe, think of it is maybe Triple H and HBK were just like this guy's integral to what we've built here. Like give him the due that he deserves. And is Vince going to tell Triple H and HBK no on something like that? Maybe. But I could, I don't know if he would. It's just. It, it's, it's interesting either, to say the least. It's either a big swerve to really cement his baby face turn or he's gone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have to think, where is he going to go? Yeah, I don't I know could, if he's. I don't know if he's an AEW guy. I don't. I don't think there's a spot for him there. I don't think there's a spot for him either. I think he gets lost in the shuffle there. So mm-hmm. you know. What's what's he gonna do? Show up and wrestle on dark a couple of times, and then right. eventually dark elevation. Now, I could see him going to New Japan, but also, let me put it this way: as a wrestler, I could see him going to New Japan. As a family man, he's sticking around Orlando. Yeah, I could. I mean. I could see him. I could see him easily going to Impact. I could see that too. If if they have a spot for him, because I think he would be able to express himself character wise better there than in New Japan, right? And I think you said it too. I I don't think he's going to up and leave. Well, you know, especially if his wife is still under contract. His wife is still under contract. She's pregnant. And you know how WWE likes to mess with people whenever they have to take sick sick leave. You know, because that's essentially what uh, maternity leave is to them. It's sick leave. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Becky, you're the only... You're right. doomed unless well, you're you Becky. Know, Becky's like Roman. They, she can well, do no uh, wrong in Vince's eyes. Stephanie, what if... Well, what if your child was... My child. Or better yet, what if it was Shane's? I have an idea. Becky and Seth's daughter will show up at WrestleMania as an infant and proceed to pin every last woman on our roster and then swerve. Becky turns on her own flesh and blood. I mean, Any, anyway, <laughs> honest, I, we could easily get a 24-7 title thing where like Becky beats up Reginald and then puts her baby on top of him to pin him. Well, no, Dana's Dana's the uh, 24-7 champion. That's now. right. There you go. Well, so, you know, it's nothing new to bury Dana. So, well, the, the match with Kyle O'Reilly just ended. So I'm about to see Von Wagner try to turn on him. But um, I I don't know I, I I could see him going somewhere I could see him not I I don't think he that that I okay I really like how Kyle had the wherewithal to avoid it yeah it's, I it's, really like that moment it, I mean like, how, you think how, you're gonna do this to me yeah it's like literally how many attacks have we seen where it's like. It's a forearm to the back, and they're just laid out. That's what he was getting ready to do. He was getting ready to clothesline him. It's just like, I dig that a lot. Well, it's different. Like, I genuinely cannot think of another time we've seen that. Yeah. Obviously, it's like creative not, booking. Yeah, not in a sense like this. Obviously, there's been like heels have tried to attack baby faces before, but they've never done a turn like this. I mean, think of it. Okay, think of it. How different it would be whenever whenever the shield broke up, when Seth turned on Roman and Ambrose. 
Like he goes to swing the chair and what if Roman caught the chair immediately and Roman and Ambrose just clear house. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I I want to see more of this. Um, next up really that we should probably talk about, uh, NWA hard to kill. Mm. Two, two, there were 12 matches on that card. I haven't got to watch a single bit of it. I I haven't. But the biggest thing that I saw is there is a new heel in town. And that is one Matt Cardona. I'm loving his heel work. Well, he, he and we're we're Matt Cardona fans, but like he's entered his own he is he is in a league of his own as a heel right now. Yeah, he. I think if okay, so for those of you who know who Zack Ryder is, if you've never watched his YouTube show, um, uh, Z True Long Island Story, um, uh, which is how he gained a lot of his momentum back in 2011. And that he was subsequently punished for, for getting himself over. Um, He has a podcast where he, because it's the 10 year anniversary of those videos, he's got this podcast where he's breaking it down week by week. And on a recent episode, he talked about how, and I believe this because I can't think of anybody else who honestly qualifies as this, but Zack Ryder slash Matt Cardona, I think, I don't think there's ever been a wrestler that has been held down or had the brakes cut, had the carpet pulled out from underneath him. I don't think we've had a character in wrestling that's tried to be killed more than him, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. But he continues to, to bounce back and you can say well he got fired by wwe and it's like yeah and he's he's hotter than he's ever been yeah like literally put an outlaw mud show in gcw put them on the map as i would say the third largest company in the united states right now yeah um they're bigger than impact right now yeah like they sold out the hammerstein ballroom which is no easy feat yeah and you have him doing just the most creative stuff he's gotten to do. And I think a lot of people were were taken back whenever he, I think he had three, maybe two matches in AEW. And then he just disappeared forever. And then he showed up in Impact and it's like, well, that shows you where his career is. If he he's an Impact, but... I think he's completely, I don't want to say revitalized his career, but he's kept his career going despite all the the constant suffocation by others. He is bigger than he has ever been in his entire career. And we're talking about the same guy that got chanted at MSG when The Rock was cutting a promo. They chanted Zack Ryder. Yeah, it's and just go, go ahead. ahead. 
it's it's become this thing where he is now the biggest thing he's ever been. His podcast is the hottest podcast out there right now. And he he's doing the best work of his career. His in-ring talent has gotten way better. And maybe it's always been there. We just never got to see it. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is people, and maybe this is the, the sign of a good gimmick, is the people who hated Zack Ryder because he's just that annoying, like, woo-woo-woo guy. And it's like, well, if, if that's your point, then he did his job with that gimmick originally. Right. Uh, but now it's like the the restraints are off. And that's I think when people hear that, they automatically think, oh, so now he's only going to wrestle 30 minute matches constantly. It's like, no, it's he is the freedom to be his character to the fullest extent. Yeah. And it's, it's paying off. I mean, this is, I, I'm just going to say it. He's the biggest star the NWA has right now. Yeah. Like, yes, they still have Nick Aldis. I think Aldis has lost all his steam and momentum. I think I think Nick Aldis was the biggest he was ever going to be when he lost the title to Cody. Yeah, uh, like right going right into I that think era. He hit his ceiling right then. Yeah. And I love, don't get me wrong, I loved Aldis versus Tim Storm. Oh, yeah. With the relaunch of NWA Power. But I think since that, and it doesn't help some of the controversy and with COVID and stuff like that with NWA Power. Right. But it's just like, unfortunately, like momentum loss is momentum loss. It's really hard to get that back. And I don't, like, yes, he had a grudge match featured on the card, but it's like, Okay, but you're you're not as effective as you once were. Now, I, I'd say this. I don't know what Billy Corgan's plans are, but I would love to see some of this talent that's being lost in the shuffle. Like, I, I wouldn't hate it if NWA somehow became the third largest branch. Like, if NWA fills the void that to be. Ring of Honor was in. Now, I know they operate on, hey, we, do, we don't do live. We do taped. That's fine. And, and I think that's perfectly fine. I, selfishly, I would love that to happen because for so long, the NWA name was kind of tarnished post-WCW because it was like, oh, yeah, you've got... NWA East Coast. Right. In 2001 with BJ Whitner versus Miles McGillicuddy or something. Yeah. And there, I mean, like, when pe- whenever NWA Power came about and people were like, oh, like, so you brought it back to life and people were like, no, NWA's been like, there's been consistent NWA champions this whole time is like, Thought they'd been dead for 20 years. Here's my here's my original point with this. 
they bring in Matt Cardona. Some will, a lot will say he doesn't belong there because it's NWA. It's NWA. It's prestigious wrestling. But he, they also said he didn't belong in GCW. Mm. And he has turned that place into huge money. But on top of that, he's the perfect foil for Trevor Murdoch. Murdoch is Southern wrestling. NWA, baby. And Matt Cardona is New York. He is New York. He texts Vince McMahon. He's he's New York wrestling. We don't do wrestling. We do professional wrestling. He can bring that sports entertainment there and be a monster heel. You know what I just thought of that I would love? What's that? I don't know how this would work because I don't know how they could get him the opportunity at the exposure he needs. But Joe Shoes, I would love if he would fall. If you don't know who that is, just look him up. Captain Joe Shoes. Look up Captain Joe Shoes. You'll. Be I would love for Shoes to uh, like his gimmick to become being Matt Cardona's Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. And all he does, like almost similar to like Paul Heyman, where he's like constantly clapping, like shaking his head, saying yes. Like, I mean. Being that old school school New York manager. Just have it to where, you know, maybe there's a segment where someone's trying to go to the locker room to hear uh, her to get a word with Matt Cardona. And all you hear is <laughs> and turn the corner and <laughs> Joe Shoes is in it. And Matt Cardona in a compromising thing. It's like, we're. Were you sucking up? Were you kissing up to him? And it's like, no, I I would never do that. Yes, you would. Yes, I would. I think there's a lot of fun that could I just think he had there. I just think they have an opportunity to to pull off what GCW did with Matt Cardona and and really shock the wrestling world by crowning him the world's champion, giving him the most prestigious belt in the world. And him being that Matt Cardona heel that he that only he can be, and bringing out a spinner belt to replace it. And I think he's the only person who nuclear heat. Mm-hmm. He could bring that prestige back to NWA. I think he could. And then you end it with him turning face, and he becomes one of the best baby faces out there. He's wrong. He's there's a lot you can do with the guy. Mm-hmm. And it speaks volumes that depending on where he's wrestling that night, whether he's a baby face or a heel, but either way, he plays his part perfectly. Yeah. And he's the same person the entire time. Right. He literally it's, doesn't change. Yeah. It's just what side of the fence are you on? Yeah. I love, I love it. it. I love it so much. Um, well, I think it's time to move on to our next segment. And that is the Wrestler of the Week. 
ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest. So, Jake, I threw this idea out to you earlier, and I think it's something we should stick with. So the rules of this are each week, one of us will suggest a wrestler or we will take a wrestler suggested to us by listeners of the podcast. But regardless, we will cover at least one wrestler each week and we will talk about some of our favorite matches of theirs and we'll talk about some of our favorite moments of theirs. And so this is kind of a low-hanging fruit, but I think it's a great one to start on. So, the wrestler of the week this week is Hulk Hogan. With all his 80s eyes power. Hulk Hogan, baby. Um, Hulk Boulder. Hulk Boulder. Terry the Hulk Boulder. Thunderlips, the ultimate male. Whatever you want to call Mr. Thermos. Shout out to Roger. Santa with muscles. Santa with muscles. Uh, Rip. Gosh, what else are we missing? Hollywood. Hogan. His appearance in Gremlins. His appearance in... Is it the Muppets movie or Muppets in Space? Muppets from Space. Where he's... I just remember... And he's like, yeah... Like that's straight up Hollywood but he's just Hogan. Just playing Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Not okay. to get us off track. I I've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and um, have you seen the one from last se- last season where they're stuck in like a 1930s cop serial, and they keep calling uh, D the goon? Mm-hmm. Like it's just <laughs> perfect. Um. But anyway, Hollywood Hogan, go ahead. I have, okay. So I know we said we'd cover moments and we would cover matches, but this won't apply to everyone, but this could definitely apply to Hulk Hogan. Jake, what is your favorite? You can answer both if you want, or you can just give one answer. But what is your favorite Hulk Hogan TV moment, like non-wrestling TV moment, and or what's your favorite Hulk Hogan movie appearance, cameo, role, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I, I don't have any exposure to Hulk Hogan on TV um, besides wrestling. Um, so that's out. Renna Center? Was, Was he on Renna Center commercials? It, it, it's either Aaron's or Renaissance. He did him a couple of years ago. It was sad either way. It was sad either way. Um, there was that, uh, but my favorite movie ho- moment has to be Gremlins too. Now I'm gonna uh, there. There's a double answer for this. My favorite moment is Gremlins two, where the the Gremlins make the t- make the movie stop, and you know you have. He, he jumps up, hey brother, you know, and he's in full like gimmick. Oh yeah, he looks he looks title. just like this right here. Yeah, and he's like, he, I'm pretty sure he has the title with him too. Yes, he does. It's around his waist, and he's just like, it's just like yeah. everyone in the theater's like, Woo! my favorite Hulk like 
character is Thunderlips. And there's part of me that wanted a whole Thunderlips movie, but like, you know, what are you going to do there? It's, it's He's the ultimate male. He's the ultimate male. I love that moment from Rocky 3 just it's it's perfect. It's and to think that Vince Senior didn't want him to do it. Mhm. Like it's arguably what made him the most popular. Mm-hmm. It started Hulkamania. So, um, but like actual movie role, it's that one. But like when it's just him, let's go with No Holds Barred because it's such an outrageous, stupid movie that, uh, you know, it, it works. What's that smell? I love that. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> just so dumb, but I love it. I love I, I, I've been a whole maniac forever. You know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. He's the Hulkster. I mean, you know, he's a racist, but you know, he's the Hulkster. So is, so is everybody above a certain age in this entire country. But, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about that another that that's brother? for the brothers and brothers in social justice podcast. <laughs> social not- justice podcast. There you go. Um, I would have to say so. My TV moment. I think I have to go with Hogan knows best overall. But oh man, I forgot about Hogan. Knows Hulk best. Hogan's celebrity championship wrestling was amazing as that well. Too. That was great too. Danny Bonaduce, star of the show. Um. Wasn't uh, Screech on that, too? Yeah. He was on it. Um, R.I.P. Screech. Who else? I think you, Frank Stallone was on it. You keep talking. I'm going to pull it up. There, there were a ton of good names. RVD and Goldberg had appearances on it. Of course, uh, Jimmy Hart and Brian Nobbs had to be on it as well. So we had Nikki Zeering, Tiffany Darwish, um, Frank Stallone, Aaron Murphy, Eric Esch, Butter, which is Butterbean, hmm. Danny Bonaducci, Dustin Diamond, Trishelle Canatella. She's on the real world, okay? Todd Bridges, hmm. who was on, he was Willis. From different strokes, and your your winner, the worm himself, Dennis Rodman. It, like it was such a cheesy show, but it was such an awesome show as well. Oh yeah, it was like it literally was just celebrity tough enough. Definitely, that's exactly what it was. So I think that that'd be my TV show answer. I think for movies, I too I have to go with Gremlins. Just because that was such an iconic moment for me. Because I, I love Gremlins. Like, Gremlins 1 is a Christmas movie. 100% is a Christmas movie. More than Die Hard. That's just my opinion. But it, like, that cameo in Gremlins 2 is just so iconic. It's so random. But it's so iconic as well. And it's, like, it's just a fun, cool thing. And then it's not acknowledged ever again after after the camera cuts away. Beautiful. 
For those at home, I'm messing with action figures over here, and I just put a Dr. Death head on a Jake Hager body. But anyway, uh, the Gremlins cameos is the greatest cameo that was ever a cameo. And I mean, I think... I think I have to... I mean, I don't know how you could top Thunderlips. I mean... What is your favorite Hulk Hogan movie? Like, not... Where he is the Santa with muscles. Santa with muscles. (laughs) It's just like, it's a great Christmas movie. Quick question. Wasn't he in one of the three ninjas movies? He is. No, it's. um, What is it called? Um, Is it Nanny Ninja? Oh, do you know who the main producer of uh, Hogan Championship Wrestling was is it Eric Bischoff? It's Eric Bischoff. It's Eric Bischoff. I'm I'm looking up uh, Hulk Hogan's IMDb. Yeah, page it's right now. three three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain. Yep, he's like the bad guy. I think. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, well, I think the first three ninjas movie is one cast, and then I think all the uh, all the sequels have completely different kids the entire time. Yeah, none of the cha- child actors returned. Wait, which um, Three Ninjas is such a great movie. I I need to. I, I have look. never seen any of them. Oh, dude, the you gotta you gotta watch the first one. Let's resurrect best movie ever just for Three Ninjas. I think we should resurrect best movie ever, but just wrestler movies. That we'll go be... off of Matt McCarthy's wrestling movie database which is is about wrestling, has professional wrestling in it, or stars a professional wrestler. So by his, his, uh, his thoughts, the Blues Brothers is a wrestling movie hey. because one of the guys in the movie for two seconds is watching professional wrestling. Hey, Matilda, that's a wrestling movie. Yours, mine, and ours with Kevin Costner. Is it Kevin Costner or is it Randy Quaid? So there was a movie I watched. The It was Kevin Costner. Um, there the, was a movie uh, I watched the other day. No, it was Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Um, I always get Kevin Costner and Dennis Quaid mixed up. Same. Um, there was a movie I watched the other day. Have you ever seen the movie The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Where I don't he think gets, so. Where he gets cloned and doesn't know that he's been cloned and Michael Rooker is chasing him the whole movie to try to kill him. It's a great Mm-mm. movie. It's really stupid, but it's great. It's peak like Ar- Arnie action movie. But the great thing about it is he plays uh, himself and his clone and like they meet up and like all of that. But it predicts a future in which the NFL has been, is no longer the mainstream and the XFL is the greatest football league in the world. I love that so much. And so by default, would that mean that's a wrestling movie? 100%. It's also the first uh, ever on screen appearance of Terry Crews. 
Now, let me, this is sidetracked, but let me ask you this. What's your favorite Arnold movie? Who? That's an interesting question. I've got... It I'm, is... Go ahead. I've got a tie between Last Action Hero and Total... Or, uh, and Collateral Damage. I've never seen Last Action Hero, but I've oh. always wanted to see it. Dude, get the... I will it say is this. a tie... The 4K what? release is like eight bucks. I'll have to go buy it. It's a tie between a very low hanging fruit in T2 because Terminator 2 is probably so the greatest good. sequel that has ever existed. It completely overshadows the original. And Kindergarten Cop. I will say in the spirit of Christmas, Jingle All the Way is a runner Jingle up. All the way, gosh. Now back to Hogan. As we as we get ready to wrap up here in just a little bit, Jake, it doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite Hulk Hogan match, but what's one of your favorite Hulk Hogan matches? I have a feeling we're gonna have the same answer for this. Because one of the one of the matches that got me back into wrestling that I've since gone back and studied and watched multiple times, and it's just probably one of my favorite matches of all time, is the Icon versus Icon. Hollywood Hogan versus The Rock. Now, I do say that one of my favorite matches of all time that I can just put on and watch over and over is Andre versus Hogan. Mm. I, it's just, it's, it's stupendous. It's yeah. And then, and then, you know, there's the whole, uh, mega powers run. Like, you know, me and being a macho Mark, it's just, it, there, there's nothing that can be beat though by Andre Hogan. Like it's just, Mm-mm. It be it created wrestling as we know it. So I'm going to throw out some hidden gems, if you will. Let's do it. Hogan. Is this our match uh, recommendations? No, but if we if we want to, we can. Uh, okay, let's do this for our first ever thing. I'll say a couple of matches, and then we'll both pick one. So. Y- for those of you listening, you get two match suggestions this week because we're kicking off wrestler of the week and match suggestions. So we're going to combine the two just for today only. A special, special thing. But here are some hidden gems that I like. Hulk Hogan. Let me let me double check. It's Hulk Hogan and Edge versus. Um, is it Chuck and Billy? It's Chuck and Billy for the WWE Tag Team Championships and Hogan and Edge win and Edge being a Canadian, but a Hogan mark. They both pose waving because it aired right before the 4th of July and they both stand there with their tag titles waving U.S. flags. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to pause for a second because the greatest big 
bad booty nephew, Braun Breaker, is on our screen. Ladies and gentlemen, Braun Breaker. The future of the WWE, and I'm 100% okay with that. I am too. Anyway, Edge and, Edge and Hogan winning the tag straps. So that's one of them. Randy Orton versus Hulk Hogan from SummerSlam 2006. Oh, it was just for me. It was so cool because obviously Hogan coming back. But this is when Randy's in the heat of legend killer. And what a bigger name to kill than Hulk Hogan. I'm going to give one that nobody talks about. Not very often, at least. And it's it's a really good. It's one of my favorites, actually. And it includes the buildup. Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. It's so it's that's a controversial match. If you think about it. Yeah. Like arguably. Two of the most selfish men in the business. Yep. And neither one wants Definitely. to put over each other. Definitely. I love it. So here, here's my third and final random suggestion. I think obviously rock versus Hogan is if you've never watched rock versus Hogan, Pause the podcast, go watch it right now, and come back to listen to the last minute and a half of this podcast. I think it's safe to say it's it might be the greatest WWE match of all time. I agree. Like I don't I don't think it's bigger than that. However, that's not the match I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. From the 2009 Hulkamania tour in Australia. Because this match, it's on YouTube. It's been on YouTube for 12 years at this point. And it's insane how <laughs> these guys are going at it. Like, I think Hogan's bleeding like first 20 seconds of the match. Flair's bleeding like the first two minutes into the match. Hogan's knee brace gets taken off and Flair throws it into the crowd. It, like, it's just a crazy match. Like, they're playing the hits, but they're doing it so well. Right. It, it's just a fun, random match. I'll also say Hogan's last official match versus Sting in Impact. It's not a bad match either. It's a It's a cool thing. So, Jake, do you have an official Hulk Hogan match suggestion you would like to give our listeners for this week? Um, I'm going to say go back and watch <laughs> Hogan versus Warrior at Halloween Havoc just for the pure train wreck this whole thing was. But really, like, when it gets down to it, there's not a lot of bad matches he had in WCW. Mm-mm. Because he was um, so over that I don't think he could have had a bad match. I also suggest seeking out anything he did in Japan. Because his work in Japan was just so solid. It was back whenever he actually cared about wrestling and being a good wrestler. Um, I think he felt like he needed to live up to the Japanese uh, style. And so it's it's a it anything anything that he's done over there, but uh, 
am I wrong? He faced uh, Antonio Inoki, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like his Japan work is just completely different than his right. U.S. work. And that's why I would say go watch one of those matches and then come watch, you know, uh, a 1980s uh, WWF match of his because it's just it's two completely different wrestlers almost. Yeah, it is. So I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest Hogan versus Orton just because the buildup includes Brooke Hogan as well. And it's just like, it's, it's, there's an iconic moment. I think it's Saturday night's main event, maybe, where Randy goes and he gives like Brooke like a bouquet of flowers or something. Hogan walks up and he's like, hey, dude, she's not old enough to date yet. And so she like goes and gets in the car and Randy's like, it's cool, whatever, I'll back off. Steps out of frame. Hogan goes to walk to the driver's side of the car and catches an RKO on the trunk of the car. And then Here's, Brooke comes out and is like, what's going on? And Randy's like, I don't know. I, I just saw it happen. Here's one that I've never watched myself, but I'm going to watch it as soon as we're done here. And uh, I just pulled up YouTube. I typed in Japan, Hulk Hogan. We have Hulk Hogan. Versus Keiji Mudo, 1993. It's a handheld. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be the best quality. But you're going to get to see a little bit of his work rate. Yeah, it'll still be awesome, though. Um, Will you share that in the Facebook group as well? I, I am planning on it. And also, you can go, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, share from Daily Motion. You have uh, 19... 83 uh Inoki versus Hogan. Nice. And this is this is TV this is a TV match. So um I'm going to share both of those. Uh I will share them after we release the podcast so that y'all uh y'all can take a look at them. But uh, I love that. I I'm I'm a firm believer in Hogan's Japan work. And um, to the point where I made a custom Mattel Hulk Hogan uh, from Japan. So, Well, there you go. There are your match suggestions for the week featuring the wrestler of the week, Hulk Hogan. So as we take this thing home, let us know what you thought of the new format. Let us know of any tweaks, changes um, you think we should make. I, and We'll take him into consideration. It just dawned on me a name for the match suggestions uh, section. It is the brothers' homework. Ooh. Or uh, you heard it here, the brothers' homework. Time, time for the homework section of the podcast. And there um, will be a quiz each week. There will be a quiz. It'll be worth. Uh, one third of your grade, your final grade, and uh, at the end of the year, we will give the brother of the year award, and it's whoever gets the highest on that quiz. There anyway, <laughs> as always, you know, like like this thing on uh on social media, 
give us a give us a share, give us a rate, a review, a subscribe. It helps the algorithm. The algorithm is what helps us. Go find our Patreon, $5. We're going to put up a dollar tier. I'm going to put up a dollar tier. And that'll just, that'll get you uh, some to-be-determined uh, stuff. Um, go find us on YouTube. Getting ready to do a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Uh, seek out Lando. Let him make you some music for your podcast or edit your podcast or edit your videos or all of the above. Let me ref your batch. Just just book me. That's all Let I'm asking. Let us commentate your match. The brothers in kayfabe Let the brothers combine with the powers that be. We've got things cooking up. And we've got things that we'd like to offer you, our listeners. Let's find out ways we can work together. We didn't really talk about it this week, but just remember, January 9th, it's a Tuesday. January Brother 11th. Fest, January 11th. Just kidding. I don't know where the 9th came from. because The 9th is a Sunday. I have the 11th written down, but January <laughs> 11th, it's a Tuesday, is Brother Fest live on Facebook, potentially YouTube. We've got a lot of things cooking and we've got a lot of surprises and a lot of what you're going to experience. You're just going to have to tune in live to figure out. We've got a lot of cool, cool guests that are going to come on. We're going to drink some beer. We're going to have some bro downs and we're going to just have a good time. So Join us for Brother Fest. It's going to be a great time. But with that, I think it's time we bring this sucker home. I think it is. So as always, we're grateful to you, our listeners, and wherever you're at, put your middle finger and ring finger to your thumb, extend your index and pinky fingers out like a wolf, and give us a little too sweet. Sweet. For life. We'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye.